Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 40. In this episode, we are covering chapters 12 and 13 from the book Crooked Kingdom. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi Savayeni Casters. Hello. It is us. It is us. And we're really excited to be here. <laughs> we are. Let's thank some listener cities. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. We first have Tabor, Czech Republic. Wow. And then we have Launceston, Australia. What's up, y'all? Ooh. And then our peeps in Singapore. Wow, that's really far away. It is. That is so cool. It's like on the other side of the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we got listeners all over. And speaking of listeners, we have had many listeners ask how they can support the Greasy Cast. <laughs> you may notice that we don't have commercial ads. You're welcome. And this is truly a labor of love. And most of the production and even us hosting comes out of all of our own pockets. For those of you asking how you can help, we would greatly appreciate tips. Your tips will help us to continue to bring you the Grisha cast. So the ways you can do that are through Venmo at Bodim. It's at B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Or we also have Cash App, little dollar sign instead mm-hmm. of little ant. Mm-hmm. Bodim, B-O-D-H-I-M-M. We will appreciate any tips you would like to send our way, including sharing our program with your friends, liking our socials, and rating us. Thank you for supporting the Grisha cast. Thank you. So, I hope you guys have, if, those of you on YouTube, have you noticed something? Something's a little different. It is, and it's not my hair. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. It is a set. Look what we did, y'all. And we're just starting. But it's um it's it's cute. I really like what cute. we've done so far. Again, we did it on our own. We did. This backdrop was done by us. We painted it and we had an amazing time doing it. I mean, and that looks like some brick. It does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are straight up in Ketterdam. And our producer Chris also helped us too, so we can't take all of the credit. Absolutely. We had a lot of help. We did. <laughs> but it looks so good. I am so impressed with it. It does. So if you want to see it, then go to YouTube at GreasyCast. Yes. And I will make sure also to post it on our socials for those of you just listening. And yeah, we're going to make some more. We're going to create some more and put some more, maybe put some maps up. And right now we've got all of Lee's books presented. So <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of it's a beginning, but it hey, it looks really good. I'm so impressed it with it. It does. I love it. Hand painted by us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we are a little stressed out. <laughs> yeah, it's been a day. Well, it's been a day. And also, we are literally just days away from interviewing Miss <laughs> Lee Bardugo. Yes, there's that. Yes, there is that. <laughs> just a little thing. So, we are busy. <laughs> like, I am so glad that we actually only did two chapters this week because, uh-huh. yeah, we couldn't, I couldn't have handled more. No, because no. there's still a lot of prep work for that. And I think we're there. I think we've got our, I think we've got everything 
to a really good start. <laughs> we did. And for all of those listeners that sent in questions, thank you so much. But I do want you also to realize that there were a lot of questions and we have a very limited time with her. So um, we weren't able to get to everybody's, but um, thank you so much. Yeah. And um, we'll do what we can. Because we loved all of them. All the mm-hmm. questions are so great. It was really hard to try to pick and choose and figure out what we wanted to do and um, the direction we wanted to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so look out for that. That will be coming up soon. Um, anyways, I guess we should get on into the chapter that we've got. do it. So, uh, I've got chapter 12, which is Kaz. Okay. So Kaz realizes that in order to win this war against Van Eck, he is going to have to expose who he really is to everyone especially the government, the merchant council, you know, he wants everybody to know that, I mean, he's a bad guy, he's involved with the gangs, and he's just got a lot of seedy stuff going on. Because he doesn't look like that, like, to the public. Everybody thinks he's just this great merchant council member, and he ain't. Mm -mm. No, not after the things he has done to Kaz. So, oh, not, and and also, like, Anej, and yeah, he's just a bad guy. So, Kaz decides that they need to have eyes on Van Eck's house. And Inej, of course, says she's going to do it. She's back. Inej and Kaz go and try to, or want to go and meet with Per Haskell at the place called The Knuckle. <laughs> Just want to, I know, that was very, I like the name, The Knuckle. Um, and in case you can't remember who Per Haskell is, that is the lovely, like, head of the dregs. He doesn't really do much. Um, Kaz is his lieutenant, but he is the head of the dregs. Because he has the money. He does. He does exactly. So they're going to go to the knuckle. They take a, a little gondola ride. So, <laughs> so romantic. It is. And in Ketterdam. Like, <laughs> I, I just love that. Because um, I can kind of imagine that it's probably not like as beautiful as it would be maybe right. like, I don't know, like Venice. Like I imagine like dirty water and just yeah. like gray and black everywhere. A dead fish like <laughs> uh-huh. floating on <laughs> exactly. the side. Um, yeah, so, but nonetheless, they're in a nice little gondola. Maybe it's a cute gondola. Like, I mean, maybe it's like decked out and kind of cute. Maybe it's got a little umbrella. Yes, uh, can you imagine Inej with a cute little lace Oh, little I- umbrella that she twirls? I would totally do that. <laughs> I know you would. I said imagine Inej. Well, and that's the fun part. Like, you know, it's so cute. But yeah, no, she wouldn't have one of those. Her little parasol. That's what I, I was just, I was, I yes. can't remember the name. Words like, are hard. Words are. Mm-hmm. I have a parasol. Uh, I bet you do. It's very cute. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, they can't meet at the slat because obviously Van Eck will have those places places being watched like they have to be secretive about this because um, Van Eck is definitely trying to figure out where they are so Inej and Kaz find him and um, they scare the hell out of him in an alley and that is going to bring us to our first scene where I'm going to be playing per Haskell so you guys get ready for that and Terry will be playing Kaz so this will be their conversation. So, <laughs> you ready, girl? I'm ready. Okay. So, curtain up. 
You know what trouble you brought down on me today, boy. I do. That's why I'm here. There were Stodwatch crawling all over the slat in the Crow Club. We had to shut the whole place down, and who knows when we'll be able to start up again. What were you thinking? Kidnapping a mercher's son? This was the big job you left town for? The one supposed to make me wealthy beyond my wildest dreams? I didn't kidnap anyone. Not strictly true, but Kaz figured the subtleties would be lost on Per Haskell. Then what in Gezin's name is going on? Haskell whispered, furiously, spittle flying. You've got my best spider, he said, gesturing to Inej. My best shooter, my heart renderer, my biggest bruiser. Muzzin is dead. Son of a bitch, Haskell swore. First big bolliger, now Muzzin. You trying to gut my whole gang? No, sir. Sir... What are you about, boy? Vanek is playing a fast game, but I'm still a step ahead of him. Don't look like it from here. Good, said Kaz. Better no one sees us coming. Muzzin was a loss I didn't anticipate, but give me a few more days, and not only will the law be off your back, your coffers will be so heavy you'll be able to fill your bathtub with gold and swim in it. Haskell's eyes were narrowed. How much money are we talking? That's the way, Kaz thought, watching greed light Haskell's gaze, the lever at work. Four million Krug. Haskell's eyes widened. A life of drink and hard living in the barrel had turned the whites yellowy. You trying to cozy me? I told you this was a big haul. Don't matter how high the pile of scrub is if I'm in the prison. I don't like the law in my business. I don't either, sir. Haskell might mock Kaz's manners, but he knew the old man lapped up every gesture of respect and Kaz's pride could take it. Once he had his own share of Van Eck's money, he wouldn't have to obey another order or soothe per Haskell's vanity ever again. I wouldn't have gotten us into this if I didn't know we'd come out of it clean as choir boys and rich as saints. All I need is a little more time. Kaz couldn't help but be reminded of Jesper bargaining with his father and the thought didn't sit well with him. For Haskell had never cared for anyone other than himself, and the next glass of lager, and the next glass of lager, but he liked to think of himself as the patriarch of a big, criminally inclined family. Kaz could admit he had a fondness for the old man. He'd given Kaz a place to begin and a roof over his head, even if Kaz had been the one to make sure it didn't leak. The old man hooked his thumbs in the pockets of his waistcoat, making a great show of considering Kaz's offer, but Haskell's greed was more reliable than a faithfully wound clock. Kaz knew he'd already started thinking of ways to spin the Krug. All right, boy, said Haskell. I can portion you a little more rope to hang yourself, but if I find out you're running game on me and you'll regret it, Kaz schooled his features to seriousness. Haskell's threats were almost as empty as his boasts. Of course, sir. Haskell snorted. The deal is the deal, he said, and the wraith stays with me. Kaz felt Inej stiffen by his side. I need her for the job. Use Rotor. He's spry enough. Not for this. Now Haskell bristled, puffing his chest out, the false sapphire of his tie pin glinting in the dim light. You see what Pekka Rollins is up to? He just opened a new gambling hall right across from the Crow Club. Kaz had seen it. The Kalish Prince. Another jewel in Rollins' empire. A massive betting palace decked out in garish green and gold as some ridiculous homage to Pekka Rollins' homeland. He's muscling in our holding, said Haskell. I need a spider and she's the best. It can wait. I say it can't. 
head on down to the Gemek Gemmins Bank. You'll see my name on the top of her contract, and that means I say where she goes. Understood, sir, said Kaz. And as soon as I find her, I'll let her know. She's right. Haskell broke off, his jaw dropping in disbelief. She was right here. Kaz forced himself not to smile. While Per Haskell had been blustering, and Edge had simply melted into the shadows and silently scaled the wall. Haskell searched the length of the alley and peered up at the rooftops, but Nej was long gone. You bring her back here, Haskell said furiously. Right now. Kaz shrugged. You think I can climb these walls? This is my gang, Brecker. She doesn't belong to you. She doesn't belong to anyone, Kaz said, feeling the singe of that angry white flame. But we'll all be back at the slats soon enough. Actually, Jesper would be heading out of the city with his father, Nina would be off to Ravka, and Nej would be on a ship under her own command, and Kaz would be getting ready to split from Haskell forever. But the old man would have his Krug to comfort him. Cocky little bastard, growled Haskell. Cocky little bastard who's about to make you one of the richest bosses in the barrel. Get out of my way, boy. I'm late for my game. Hope the cards are hot, Kaz moved aside. But you may want these... He slid out. He held out his hand. Six bullets lay in his gloved palm, in case of a tussle. Haskell whisked the pis- pistol from his pocket and flipped open the barrel. It was empty. You little! Then Haskell barked a laugh and plucked the bullets from Kaz's hand, shaking his head. You've got the devil's own blood in you, boy. Go get my money. And then some, murmured Kaz as he tipped his hat and limped back down the alley to the gondola. End scene. Didn't you love how Haskell was real Southern? <laughs> yes, I, I did. Yep. Because, I mean, you you know, there's some real Southern people up in Ketterdam. Uh-huh. So I, many. Yeah, that was kind of funny. I was just kind of, I wanted to have fun with it, and then that's what happened, and then I couldn't change. Nope, so, you have to stick with it. So I just, like, I didn't mean to all of a sudden, like, be that Southern, but that's what happened. And you stuck with it. You hey, stayed in character. That's what you got to do. That's what we do here <laughs> like on Like a Grish. professional. Because Exa- I am <laughs> professional. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, that's a fun little note now I'll always remember whenever I'm reading him. He'll just always have this real deep southern drawl. <laughs> oh, Haskell. <laughs> He'll talk like the colonel. Haskell even sounds like a really deep southern name. But. Yeah, it kind of does. Okay, so anyways, moving on. Kaz gets back in the gondola and starts floating away. Inej quickly jumps back in with him and tells Kaz she can handle the surveillance of Van Eck's house on her own. Since he realizes there's no convincing her otherwise, he asks asks where she thinks a good view would be. She She suggests the Church of Barter. They can view his house from the roof. Inej could have scaled the wall and been on top of the roof quickly, but Kaz's leg was hurting very badly. He never would admit that. So, so picked the locks and they went through the chapels. And will you please show? Oh, do you have the Ketterdam map up for me? There it is. Awesome. So, those of you on YouTube, I've got a small little portion of the Ketterdam map. For those of you that are just listening, you can always flip to the first couple pages of your book. There's the map of Ketterdam. And I. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
I personally love using the map in this book because there is so much like in this one map of Ketterdam that helps you understand the story. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. I had to get that out. <laughs> so anyways, um, what we're about to read about is the the Church of Barter, and you'll see that I've got that highlighted. If you'll, it's It looks like a hand. That's the cool thing. This building looks like a hand. And then over to the right-hand side of this picture is where Van Eck's mansion is. Okay, so here's the quote. The Church of Barter was built on the plan of Gezen's Hand, the vast cathedral located in the palm with five stubby naves radiating along the four fingers and thumb, each fingertip terminating in a stack of chapels. They'd climbed the chapels at the, at the tip of the pinky and now cut down to the roof of the main cathedral and then up the length of Gezen's ring finger, picking their way along a jagged mountain range of slippery gables and narrow stone spines. End quote. So we are now going to go to scene two. Yeah, we got them for you this evening, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, we do. We do. So in this scene, I will be playing Kaz and Terry will be playing Inej. So curtain up. Why do gods always like to be worshipped in high places, Kaz muttered. It's men who seek grandeur, Inej said, springing nimbly along as if her feet knew some secret topography. The saints hear prayers whenever they're spoken. And answer them according to their moods? What you want and what the world needs are not always in accord, Kaz. Praying and wishing are not the same thing. But they're equally useless, Kaz bit back the reply. He was too focused on not plummeting to his death to properly engage in an argument. At the tip of the ring finger, they stopped and took in the view. To the southwest, they could see the high spires of the cathedral, the exchange, the glittering clock tower of the Geldrenner Hotel, and the long ribbon of the Burst Canal flowing beneath Zentz Bridge. But if they looked east, this particular rooftop gave them a direct view of the Geldstadt, the Geldkanal beyond, and Van Eck's stately home. It was a good vantage point to observe the security Van Eck had put in place around the house and on the canal, but it wouldn't give them all the information they needed. We're going to have to get closer, said Kaz. I know, said Inej, drawing a length of rope from her tunic and looping it over one of the roof's finials. It will be faster and easier and safer for me to case Van Eck's house on my own. Give me a half hour. You? By the time you make it back to the gondola, I'll have all the information we need. He was going to kill her. You dragged me up here for nothing. Your pride dragged you up here. If Van Eck senses anything amiss tonight, it's all over. This isn't a two-person job, and you know it. Inej. My future is writing on this too, Kaz. I don't tell you how to pick locks or put together a plan. This is what I'm good at, so let me do my job. She yanked the rope taut. And just think of all the time you'll have for prayer and quiet contemplation on the way down. She vanished over the side of the chapel. Kaz stood there, staring at the place she'd been only seconds before. She'd tricked him. The decent, honest, pious wraith had outsmarted him. He turned to look back at the long expanse of roof he was going to have to traverse to get back to the boat. 
curse you and all your saints, he said to no one at all, then realized he was smiling. End scene. That was a little late. But, um, (laughs) yeah, so Inej is just back at it. I mean, she's just, I'm sorry, she went through this crazy ordeal, but is just back jumping around. No rest. No, no rest for the wicked. (laughs) But, yeah, she's just getting around. And I can't believe Kaz actually went all the way up there. Like, that was a really steep climb. And it was just... Well, you know why he did it. Well, yeah, of course. But (laughs) at the same time, it's just... That's so crazy. He did it because he loves Inej. And even though it's probably really hard for him. And because he even was talking about how that she needed the net. So he didn't want her to have to go on her own. Yeah. So thanks for being a part of that um, map part with me, guys. I love just looking at those maps. And I just think it's really cool. So anyways... I will continue to keep using that map and bring it out whenever I want to. So you guys just get ready. (laughs) Um, So Kaz got back in the gondola and thought about how he hated that Inej was right. The surveillance was not a two-person job. Here's the quote. She was the wraith, the barrel's best thief of secrets. Gathering intelligence without being spotted was her specialty, not his. He could also admit that he was grateful to just sit for a moment, stretch out his leg as water lapped gently at the sides of the canal. So why had he insisted that he accompany her? That was dangerous thinking, the kind of thinking that had gotten Inej captured in the first place. I can best this, Kaz told himself. By midnight tomorrow, Kuwe would be on his way out of Ketterdam. In a matter of days, they would have their reward. Inej would be free to pursue her dream of hunting slavers, and he'd be rid of this constant distraction. He would start a new gang, one built from the youngest, deadliest members of the dregs. He'd re, he'd re um, yeah, he'd rededicate himself to the promise he'd made to Jordy's memory, the painstaking task of pulling Pekka Rollins' life apart piece by piece, and yet. His eyes kept drifting to the walkway beside the canal, his impatience growing. He was better than this. Waiting was the part of the criminal life so many people got wrong. They wanted to act instead of hold fast and gather information. They wanted to know instantly without having to learn. Sometimes the trick to getting the best of a situation was just to wait. If you didn't like the weather, you didn't rush into the storm. You waited until it changed. You found a way to keep from getting wet. End quote. Uh, I just love that quote. Um, I think it's got some really good advice in it, too. Um, going on, Inej makes it back to the gondola and tells Kaz what she saw. And so Van Eck has had Skylar locks installed on all the exterior windows. Kaz asks if that's a problem, and she explains they're not really a problem, but they actually are more time-consuming to pick. She was able to hear that the household is preparing for a meeting with the Merchant Council that will be held tomorrow night. It'll be a dinner. Van Eck will be able to convince, I guess at this dinner, the Merchant Council to get more Stodwatch out on the streets and also give them some fair warning to hide anything they wouldn't want discovered in a raid. So he's kind of also like telling like all the other creepy Merchant Council members, because I'm sure there's some seedy ones in there, you know. Hide your things. Do what you got to do. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Same thing. Exactly. I was thinking that. (laughs) So anyways, 
We've got this next quote. They climbed out of the gondola, made sure it was thoroughly camouflaged, and picked their way up the shore. Kaz followed Inej, waiting, letting her weather change. The moon was starting to set, liming the graves of Black Veil, a miniature skyline etched in silver. Her braid had come uncoiled down her back. He imagined wrapping it around his hand, rubbing his thumb over the pattern of its plates, and then what? He shoved the thought away. End quote. Okay, we're getting to some juicy stuff now. That's why I've read all this. Kaz asks Inej again if Vanek hurt her. She's silent for a couple seconds, and then she decides to tell him the truth. She tells him that he did threaten to smash her legs in with a mallet to the point that they would never heal. And now I'm going to finish off this chapter with the reading, and oh, just get ready, guys. I love this. It's so good. Okay, so here we go. Here's the quote. I'm going to open Vanek up, he said quietly. I'm going to give him a wound that can't be sewn shut, that he'll never recover from, the kind that can't be healed. The kind you endured? Yes, it was a promise. It was an admission. She took a shaky breath. The words came like a string of gunshots, rapid fire, as if she resent resented the very act of speaking them. I didn't know if you would come. Kaz couldn't blame Vanek for that. Kaz had built that doubt in her with every cold word and small cruelty. We're your crew, Inej. We don't leave our own at the mercy of merch scum. It wasn't the answer he wanted to give. It wasn't the answer she wanted. When she turned to him, her eyes were bright with anger. He was going to break my legs, she said. Her chin held high, the barest quaver in her voice. Would you have come for me then, Kaz, when I couldn't scale a wall or walk a tightrope, when I wasn't the wraith anymore? Dirty hands would not. The boy who could give them through this. The boy who could get them through this, get their money, keep them alive, would do her the courtesy of putting her out of her misery, then cut his losses and move on. I would come for you, he said. And when he saw the wary look she shot him, he said it again. I would come for you, and if I couldn't walk, I'd crawl to you. And no matter how broken we were, we'd fight our way out together. Knives drawn, pistols blazing, because that's what we do. We never stop fighting. The wind rose, the bows of the willows whispered, a sly gossiping sound. Kaz held her gaze, saw the moon reflected there, twin scythe of light she was right to be cautious even of him especially of him cautious was how you survived at last she nodded the smallest dip of her chin they returned to the tomb in silence the willows murmured on end chapter end quote so i love that i just think it's just it's probably the most romantic thing kaz has said so far (laughs) yes that's that's definitely very romantic for kaz (laughs) yeah i mean it's just, it's the most romantic we've had so far. And I just, ugh, I love it. Yeah. He, well, we've had a lot of hints in this chapter that, I mean, he's really struggling with his feelings yes. for her. Yes. It's becoming way more apparent now. Mm-hmm. He's just, it's it's not easy for him to ignore. I mean, he even mentioned that, like, when everybody was going to go off and do their own thing after this heist, this job was done, that... At least she would be out of his face. He wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. So the distraction would be gone. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
And that's so sad. I feel bad that Kaz has those feelings because, I mean. He's broken. He is. He's very broken. But anyways, we've got we've got more. So, yeah, so that was that chapter. So we're going to move on. So I have chapter 13, and it's such a fun chapter. It is. There's a lot. I love this chapter so much. It's very, um, it kind of changes pace a little bit. It's a little more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Where we we've been very serious, but this is it's getting it's a little lighthearted moment that I just I just love. Oh, and the characters. Oh, ah! <laughs> so Nina is like still feeling the after effects of this perim. She's still not feeling great. She's still not hungry. She can barely have the tea that Inej gave her, and they have a little bit of discussion while she's trying to down this tea um, about still being afraid of what's happening even though they've been through all kinds of stuff like the ice court. And Inej says that she thought that maybe she was beyond fear. And I had this little quote from Nina because it's one of our characters from the past. Hmm. Quote, Zoya used to say that fear is a phoenix. You can watch it burn a thousand times and still it will return. End quote. So a little Zoya wisdom there for you. Even Ugh. if you think fear is gone, it can come right back, which we've talked about that before. Yeah. About how certain things can trigger things, even when it's gone, too. Absolutely. And about that time, Matthias walks in, dressed mm-hmm. <laughs> all kinds of funny. He's got a tufted cap on and a woolly red vest. Aww. <laughs> and Nina's like, what <laughs> in the world is happening here? Oh. <laughs> so they are dressing up. So that they can go kind of in disguise to the Ravkin area. Um, like It's near the embassy. They call it Little Ravka. It's really cute. Um, but they are Sven and Katrine Alfson. It is such a cute moment <laughs> when you see your partner, lover, dressed up in an outfit for the first time. Like a costume. Yeah. Um, I will always, <laughs> always remember my dear husband and you were there when we did Alice in Wonderland. Yes. And he he went as and he was the rabbit with I was his. thinking about another costume of his. Oh. Well, <laughs> there were a couple. Uh oh, how naughty we're we gonna get, girl. <laughs> well, I was thinking about the yeah. cute little bunny yes. rabbit like tail that when he, he was had. the white rabbit, yeah, that was really cute. That was so cute. It was cute. He went all out. He also dressed as a hot dog one time. No, he was mustard, wasn't he? I oh no, wait, no, you he, were mustard. I was mustard. That was right. That was the best moment. It actually was really I went cute. as a hot dog for a different time. Oh my yeah. god! So that story is hilarious. Um, <laughs> we have to tell it. Um, so I'm Jewish, as you guys all know. No surprise. <laughs> oh my god! So we like to every once in a while celebrate some of those. Like some we when I grew up, I celebrated all the holidays. Um, and they were fun. And there's this holiday called Purim where it's kind of like a Jewish Halloween. And what I mean by Jewish Halloween is just you dress up in costumes. You don't go like get trick or treating or anything, but you go to synagogue all dressed up and whatever you want, but you go, it's not scary. So anyways, we, Terry came along and the kids were there, right? Yes. You brought your kids. My kids were there. And we were all cacti. Yes. You guys were all cacti. That was cute. Well, Chris and I didn't, like, (laughs) really prepare for it. So we just rummaged through our bin of, like, costumes. And we have this, like, we have, like, this a hot dog and mustard. And 
I guess this might have been like maybe the second time or something because I went as the mustard bottle and I normally go as the hot dog. But anyways, Chris was the hot dog and we're the whole like thing's over, but we're all eating in this huge like social hall. And Chris is a very big coffee drinker. (laughs) And we, Terry and I are sitting, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know whether we're eating, but we both. We were just sitting at the table and I like look across the room. I'm just, I'm like just scanning the room. And the funniest image, one of the funniest images that is now currently in my brain is the image of a hot dog pouring coffee. (laughs) And seriously. <laughs> yes. Like very seriously in his little hot dog costume, getting himself some coffee. It was just it was the most it was cute. It, it was, it was so very cute. He, <laughs> he was determined. He was getting his coffee. Was it yes. The image of a hot dog getting coffee is is imprinted on my brain forever. And I thank you, Chris, for that. Yes. <laughs> thank you, husband. Uh it was so funny, and like I remember when he came back and we were laughing. He like had no clue, what? but yeah, he just looked so cute. It was just, very cute. Yeah. Okay. Right. Anyways, so, back to Matthias. Matthias He's not is, dressed like a hot dog, but he is dressed up weirdly. He is. Um, although it is Fearden. Yes. Just not Druskella. It's actually like Fearden. Um, but so because they have the same last name. Nina starts batting her lashes and she's like, oh, are we married? Mm. And he's like, um, no, dude, we're brother and sister. <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude. I just imagine Matthias as being a very dude. He's a very bro in my head. Um, so the reason why they're brother and sister is because it's just easier to use the same parents for both papers instead of having to do four different people. Right. Um. But I think that's hilarious. So they're like, um, maybe let's not be all over each other in public. And <laughs> Nina's like, yeah, I wish. Because we know at this point that Matthias just hasn't been very handsy like she oh, would like to right. be. So yeah. Matthias is like, well, you like what I'm wearing? Because I got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> and hands her her costume, her little disguise clothing. And it is like homespun, just basic knitwear. Something that like you'd probably wear like around the house when nobody's going to be around. That's how I imagined it. And so it's very like dowdy for her because she's used to like showing her curves and being sexy. And so she puts it on and she's standing there like a frumpa dump like what? And she looks up and Matthias is just like, dang. Damn. She looks good. She's fine. That's a fine hot dog. And even though Nina is like, um, I hate this, she is also kind of like, huh, I like the way that Matthias is looking at me right now. She says, so, she says that she, he's looking at her like she's a bowl of ice cream. Yes, I know. <laughs> I was reading that and my son was in the other room and I started hysterically laughing and he really didn't even want to hear it because he was like, what are you laughing at? I was like, well, I'm reading a part that reminds me of you because he loves ice cream. And I read it to him, and he was like, oh, whatever. And I was just like, I thought it was funny. But also, it's very endearing when you look frump-a-dump, and your partner looks at you like you're the most beautiful, mm-hmm. the, pretty much the look of, like, you're just the only person in the world. That is my life. This reminded me straight up 
of my relationship because I like to look nice when we go out, you know, put on some makeup. And the whole time he's like, stop, don't do that. Why are you doing that? Why can't you just be natural? And so like when I'm at home, just like gross to me, I'm like, I would never leave the house like this. And I feel like I should look better for him. He's like, always, you're so pretty. So so so, so it just, it reminded me of that. But um, Matthias doesn't like ice cream. (laughs) He's lactose. Um, he's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. So Nina's like, excuse me, I don't think we can be together anymore. Right. <laughs> so they've got their little costumes on and they go down to little Rafka. I just, I love saying little Rafka. It's like, it's cute. <laughs> it's, it's Cause so I'd cute. love to see little Rafka. I know. Um, it's making Nina a little homesick, but she's also a little bit like, um, you guys are a little old school. Like you're holding on traditional to traditional things a little too much. Yeah. Um, they pass by uh, the relics. Remember how there were bones in yes. our previous books from the saints? Mm-hmm. They pass by those. And Matthias is like, why in the world would you do that? That is the most silly, superstitious thing, whatever. And Nina's like, excuse me. Yeah. You guys talk to trees. Right. <laughs> I mean, exactly. It's their culture. Uh, excuse me, son. Like, no. Don't, you, mess, don't mess with our culture. So she's like, why is it so hard to believe that instead of a whole, instead of a god making these things, that a Grisha made our world just like they made the ice court? Oh, yeah, exactly. Because she Duh. points that out, how she beautiful does. it is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they're... They're walking along and people are looking at them kind of funny. And she looks over at Matthias and realizes that he is glowering at everybody. Remember, he's a big guy he's and huge. he's scary looking. And she's like, um, maybe could you try not to look like that? Try to look friendly. And he he tries and she's like, no, no, no. Now you look sleepy. Try to just try to pretend like you're looking at puppy looking you're looking at puppies and he's like animals love me. <laughs> he's clueless. He's absolutely he clueless. Um so they come across this um woman and so Matthias <laughs> trying to be friendly is like, Hi, hi, how you doing? And she's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> How are I you hope, doing, big boy? Oh my god! I really <laughs> hope. Please, uh, I, I I'm going to read that again, and that is what. Yeah, exactly. That was amazing. She, yeah, she's like looking him up and down, and um, that's a hot piece it, of fear yes. up in here. It says <laughs> the Oof. woman gave a gap tooth grin and ran her eyes up and down Matthias in an appraising fashion. <laughs> Always had a taste for Fjordans. Ask him if he wants to play princess and barbarian. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. So this actually leads us into our scene. Oh, get ready. <laughs> this is such a cute part. This is- so I'm playing Nina and Eric is playing Matthias. The big man. <laughs> Perfect for you. <laughs> yes. And this big, juicy, beautiful man. Mm. Okay. Anyways. Press your buttons. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there, girl. Jeez. Curtain up. What did she say, asked Matthias. 
Nina coughed and took his arm, leading him away. She said you're a very nice fellow and a credit to the Fjordan race. Ooh, look, Bleeny! I haven't had a proper Bleeny in forever! That word she used, babink, he said. You've called me that before. What does it mean? Nina directed her attention to a stack of paper-thin buttered pancakes. It means sweetie pie. Nina. Barbarian. I was just asking. There's no need to name call. No, uh, babink means barbarian. Matthias's gaze snapped back to the old woman, his glower returning to full force. Nina grabbed his arm. It was like trying to hold on to a boulder. She wasn't insulting you, I swear. Barbarian isn't an insult, he asked, voice rising. No, well, yes, but not in this context. She wanted to know if you'd like to play princess and barbarian. It's a game. Not exactly. Then what is it? Nina couldn't believe she was actually going to attempt to explain this. As they continued up the street, she said, In Ravka, there's a popular series of stories about, um, a brave feared and warrior. Really, Matthias asked. He's the hero? In a manner of speaking, he kidnaps a Ravkin princess. That would never happen. In the story, it does. And, she cleared her throat, They spend a long time getting to know each other in his cave. He lives in a cave? It's a very nice cave. Furs, jeweled cups, mead. Ah, he said approvingly. A treasure hoard like Ansgar the Mighty. They they become allies then. Nina picked up a pair of embroidered gloves from another stand. Do you like these? Maybe we could get Kaz to wear something with flowers. Liven up his look. How does the story end? Do they fight battles? Nina tossed the gloves back on the pile in defeat. They get to know each other intimately. Matthias's jaw dropped. In the cave? You see, he's very brooding, very manly, Nina hurried on. But he falls in love with the Rothkin princess, and that allows her to civilize him and... To civilize him? Yes, but that's not until the third book. There are three? Matthias, do you need to sit down? This culture is disgusting. The idea that a Ravkin could civilize a Fjordan. I mean, down, Matthias. Perhaps I'll write a story about insatiable Ravkins who like to get drunk and take their clothes off and make unseemly advances toward hapless Fjordans. Now that sounds like a party. Matthias shook his head. But she could see a smile tugging at his lips. She decided to push the advantage. We could play. She murmured quietly enough so that no one around them could hear. We most certainly could not. At one point, he bathes her. Matthias' steps faltered. Why would he... She's tied up, so he has to. Be silent. Already giving orders. That's very barbarian of you. Or we could mix it up. I'll be the barbarian and you can be the princess. But you'll have to do a lot more sighing and trembling and biting your lip. How about I bite your lip? Now you're getting the hang of it, Helvar. You're trying to distract me. I am. And it's working. You haven't so much as glared at anyone for almost two blocks. And look, we're here. That was fun. How fun was that? (laughs) I know. That was awesome. I guess it doesn't have a whole lot to do, like, with the main plot. But oh, not at all, but it was... It's character building between the two of them. Yes, and cute. And it's just, yeah, it's, I, I really liked that. It was cute. Yes. <laughs> That's and awesome. it's actually kind of similar to their story in a way. Yeah, totally. Because the Fjordan took the Rovkin and 
they had to run away and they got to know each other in like a empty house right. somewhere. So yeah, it's very similar. It is. And that's what I got from it. So they are there at the tavern and they say the little um, secret code, which is good health to young King Nikolai. Long may he reign with a light heart and a heavy fist. Oh, <laughs> hey, I but it gets him in. That's what you have to say to get in the tavern. The second they get in the tavern, the door slams. Boom. And everybody pushes away from their desk and they just start shooting. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Or they pull out guns. They pull out guns. guns. Yes, they pull out guns. And Nina and Matthias are like, oh my God, they're getting ready. Matthias has a pistol. Nina like pulls her hands up. And all of a sudden there's a heart render on their side trying to get after Nina. Hmm. And Matthias doesn't even wait. He drops this like dusk bomb that Shirley Weiland made for him. And a dusk bomb is this little bomb that like creates this huge haze because a heart render has to be able to see their target. So right. this bomb go- like makes this huge haze so that the heart render can't see Nina anymore. And at the same time, Nina's like, well, how- now here's my chance. So she takes her hands out to try to get back at this heart render, but she feels nothing. She can't feel anyone in the room. She's helpless. Mm. So she just like tries again and something weird happens. And so I have this quote, but from the edges of her consciousness, she sensed something else, a different kind of awareness, a pocket of cold in a deep lake, a bracing shock that seemed to wake her cells. It was familiar. She'd felt something similar when she'd brought down the guard that night that they'd kidnapped Alice, but this was much stronger. It had shape and texture She let herself dive into the cold, reaching for that sense of wakefulness blindly, greedily, and arced her arms forward in a movement that was as much instinct as skill. The tavern windows crashed inward in a hail of glass. Fragments of bone shot through the air, peppering the armed men like shrapnel. The relics from the vendor's carts, Nina realized in a flash of understanding. She'd somehow controlled the bones, end quote. Crazy. So instead of, she didn't like find the people near her, but she found pieces of bodies. Yeah. And hurled them at them. And um, that's so weird. <laughs> it is. It's very weird. But um, another part I like about that quote is I really like the feeling of the pocket of cold in a deep lake. Like we all know what that feels like. Well, yeah, exactly. And it, there's just something about that when I was reading, I could actually kind of feel it. And we're all like learning right now, like what really is going on with nina's power and we have to remember that the first time she accidentally killed that soldier it Mm -hmm. was dust yes so like maybe it was like dust from the bones i mean who knows so i mean she obviously she's got something going on with her yeah it's just something unheard of yeah so cool so the um, the other people that are after them do not like this. They don't like bones being thrown at them. So they do start, like, opening fire. And the second the bullets start leaving the gun, Nina feels herself being swept up and, like, pinned against the ceiling. And she quickly realizes that everyone else is, too. Everyone in the room is, like, <laughs> pinned against the ceiling <laughs> with their backs to the ceiling. You're not and fighting. Matthias clearly is not happy. No. Um, so this, So she looks down, and there's a woman coming in. And she realizes mm. almost immediately oh my God. who it is. Hi. So here's a quote. Oh, my God. 
Soya stepped into the light, a vision in sapphire silk, her cuffs and hem embroidered in dense whirls of silver, her heavily lashed eyes widened. Nina? Zoya's concentration wavered, and they all dropped a foot through the air before she tossed her hands up, and they were once more slammed against the beams. Zoya stared up at Nina in wonder. You're alive, she said. Her gaze slid to Matthias, thrashing like the biggest, angriest butterfly ever penned to a page. And you've made a new friend. End quote. End of chapter. Oh, my God. So we got a little brief look at Zoya, and that's it. I missed her. <laughs> and I just, I love Zoya. She's so cool. And she, So now we have to figure out why Zoya's here. Well, she's a cool-ass summoner. <laughs> well, and, yeah, but. Well, if we're. We don't know yet. I know, but I'm just thinking about the very last thing that we know about from the book. We know that she just was working for Nikolai. That's it. Yes. So. And then Nina. Was working under Zoya. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, to me, I mean, obviously, there's Nikolai knows more. I don't know. Zoya's an amazing squalor. I just think it's really cool that she can just, like, one, she's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. <laughs> and then everybody that I've heard do her voice in all of, like, the recordings, she's got such a thick accent. And she's just beautiful. And I love her. And... I also have read King of Scars, which you haven't, but... <laughs> nope. So at this moment, we don't know. I love bitches, and she was definitely that when we first met her, and she's just just cool. Anyways, okay. And that's it. Yeah, so that's all we got, Cub. That's all we got. So, it is that lovely time for... Grisha cast news. <laughs> okay, so that we got no, but hey, we tried. We got a little bit. Lee Bardugo um, did post something on Instagram, um, and you, the picture you, is a picture of a small orchestra playing music, and then she wrote on the picture, "Sitting here listening to at Joe composer conduct the S and B score played by musicians." Thousands of miles away. I am in tears. We can see the scene they're scoring to, but I can't share that yet. That's the end. <laughs> so, obviously, we just know. They're still they're, they're yep. working on Shadow and Bone. But At least they're still working on it. Yeah. they're And they're slowly letting stuff out, and that is all we're going to get. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're not going to let anything leak. Um, if anything would have leaked, it would have already done it. Especially when that Archie guy, the guy that plays Mal and got every single um, person to come on and do like a small little interview. Um, It was on Instagram Live or something. It was like during the quarantine. It was some kind of like, um, it was the Shadow and Bone competition, talent competition. And for every $100 that got raised, he would get another cast member. And pretty much everyone was on there. And none of them leaked a single thing. Pretty much they were just told, you can smile and say you're in Shadow and Bone. <laughs> and who you are. Well, and good for you- them. Exactly. It's good that they are good at keeping their mouth shut like they're supposed to. Yeah. It's bad for us, but it's good for them. Yeah. <laughs> the only other thing is Jessie May Lee, who plays Alina, did an Instagram live. Hers was an hour. Um, and I think she was really just getting on there to talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. um she 
a couple of things she said. She, I guess she's been getting a lot of fan art. She's been loving that. She's um, eating a kale salad with butter beans and vegan chicken nuggets. Thrilling. Not, yes, I know. Riveting. She's been, um, I guess, because of all the Black Lives Matters, go, like all that going on, she, that was her, that, she kept bringing that up. She just kept on talking about being mixed race and what it was like being mixed race and how it's a big subject um, now. And then also she congratulated her cast because of how diverse her the Shadow and Bone cast is, and she thanked the writers for that. Um, and real quickly, the, I'm, I'm going to end it here. The only thing that she said that I didn't know about, which actually I find interesting, um, I guess in the show, Alina is going to be half shoe. So that is new. That's that di- is new, but maybe that explains... The diversity. Well, yeah. Because the actress isn't what we, I guess, envisioned Alina to be originally. Right. So that would explain Exactly. Why. Yeah. And, Which I'm excited about. Oh, exactly. And I'm I'm excited because King of Scars 2, like, I mean, we're going to Shuhan. So that's going to be really cool. We've never been to Shuhan. I don't think we've ever been. Have we? Not we? since partway through Kirk and Kingdom. <laughs> Did we? No, not since oh, where okay. we are in the reading. Yeah, I don't think we've gotten there yet. So anyways, it's just kind of exciting. Um, anyways, let's see. I think that was all really... Um, She talked about the last... She talked about being diagnosed with ADHD later in life. I guess that happened recently. And... I guess I can say, like, I mean, that happened to me just recently. I have been diagnosed, but I am. Um, and it was kind of cool because she was saying the same things that I felt where it is totally changed my life and actually answered questions that I've always had unanswered. So it was kind of really cool to see someone on that platform um, share something like that. And because it's just yeah, it's a it's a it's a big deal and it's just really cool because I mean I know that for me it made me feel more I just felt better. I felt like I finally am who I am and I can be who I am. Um anyways, that's just that's the last thing she really talked about. I typed a lot, but I am not reading it all because she really was just blabbing. I mean, she talked about going to university and quitting and then how like yeah. So, anyways, it was an hour. I'm not going to say I just sat and listened to it um, and typed. And, um, yep, I did that for y'all. So, love ya. Tips. Anyways. um, Yeah, so we, I don't think I have anything else. No. And, I mean, one thing that we didn't discuss is, like, so, I mean, next week, what's up? I mean, we're just. I guess we're just going to play our interview. I mean, Why if not? y'all want the interview. I figured you guys would. Yeah. So <laughs> we, since we have been pretty stressed and working our butt off, we are going to do the interview and that will be next episode. That'll be the next episode playing next Friday. So you can hear it and or see it. If you want to see it, go to YouTube because you'll be able to see Lee and um, 
it's gonna we're gonna be doing it on Zoom because obviously she, she can't come here because we're all safe peeps. Um, but it's gonna be it's a huge opportunity for us. So I'm flipping out. I don't know if I'll sleep in between now <laughs> and then. Um, Terry is really gonna have to help me a lot. So <laughs> you'll probably listen to it and watch it and only hear Terry's voice because I might not even be able to talk. Oh, it, you will. Uh. Do you see how much I stumble over my words and we're just talking to our lovely audience, but, like, we're not talking to Lee? Like, I stumble over everything. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, God. It'll it's, be okay. I'll have to really take some, like, really have to do some meditation. Yes. Anyways. um, So, yeah, take a little break from Crooked Kingdom. Um, get ready because, yeah, finally it's here. Lee Bardugo. And we're really excited. So, um. You guys have a lovely and safe week, and we'll see you next week. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, YouTube at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and Facebook at GrishaCast. Special thanks to Ollie Dodd for the use of Summoner's Way.